Welcome back to Building a Fighter, sponsored by Trader Joe's Sparkling I Water. I clearly have the superior sparkling water, which is pineapple Waterloo. That's so definitely not true. Res- get- raspberry lime sparkling water from let's Trader Joe's. Let's please get Waterloo to sponsor this podcast. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I like both. I like both options. Pay us money. <laughs> anyway, anyways, <laughs> welcome back to Building a Fighter. Uh, my name is Dr. Austin Shane. With me, as always, Alex Friedman. He's a badass strength coach in uh, yeah, I was, I was Colorado. About to be very upset if he didn't say that. <laughs> um, but so today we want to talk about why MMA fighters should golf. And Alex, you brought this up a couple weeks ago. I nixed you at the time, and then yeah. I thought about it more, and I came back around and said Alex had a good idea. So I want <laughs> that on record right now. No, but like, since it's your topic. What are your thoughts? Well, I appreciate that you're putting that on the record, but just so everybody else knows, there's no good idea that Austin hears until he makes it his own. 100%. So, so my good idea wasn't a good idea until he pondered it and made it a good idea. So It wasn't a good idea at the time. It's it, it's the right time now. You guys all see what I have to do with it. Right? <laughs> um, no, all MMA athletes should golf. Uh, it's kind of a, um overlaying topic that just – relates a lot of cross training but uh, in my mind i like golf because it forces you to use a different kind of side of your brain right mma fighting is extremely like fight or flight dependent right and really good fighters get out of that fight or flight and they can be analytical and uh and really calculating with that with their fast reactions too but golf to me is a mental battle and acute skill, a more closed type of environment that you get time to relax. You get time to um, just focus in on what you're doing. And then you can really hone in on your process. And I think that that calming type of atmosphere and environment can do you mental wonders once you do get into your training scenarios that you're more fight or flight or more amped up or chronically up. So I like the dualistic properties of kind of the mental game, but cross training. And and I think we can talk about the physical gains too, just rotational power, the, um, the ability to, to cross train, to gain movement patterns, to um, increase the, the rate of learning a new skill, right? All that stuff is, um, super valuable in my opinion. So that's why I brought it up and it was a good idea then. And it's a good idea now. It is a good idea now. And <laughs> uh, as somebody who that is my background, I, the only two sports I played in high school were wrestling and golf. You're lying. Um, you told me you ran cross country. <clears throat> I did that in middle school, homie. Mm, well, um, probably but sucked. yeah, I was great actually, but either way. So golf, it's one of those things that, not a lot of activities you do are more frustrating than the game of golf. (laughs) And like thinking about it from a striking example, right? Like typically when you're striking, even high level striking, we're talking Izzy and Pahea, like there's going to be a stalemate for the majority of the time, but eventually you're able to capitalize. You're able to make, you're able to capitalize on the opponent's mistakes, right? You're able to, really impose your will when you want thinking about like when Izzy played possum on the cage and went for that knockout or Pahea in the, in the fourth or fifth round in the first fight. But in golf, the variables don't really change and you still can suck, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like the person in front of you is, is this master. 
It's the same fucking course. One day you can shoot an 82. The next day you could shoot 102. And there's nothing, nothing different other than you're fucked up up top. That brain isn't in it. You're not able to do what you're doing. You're not able to focus and, and get through the frustration that is having a bad shot, shaking it off, and then popping back in there and hitting a good shot right away. Having that goldfish memory like uh, Ted Lasso says. Hmm. Um, but golf was so good for my mental state and being able to lock in and, and have that goldfish memory because the only, the best rounds of my life, I had the worst holes of my life. Like one of 18 holes was like a nine or some stupid shit, but the best rounds of my life always had one of those holes. And then the next fucking one, two, three, maybe four holes. I go on a goddamn tear because I forgot about that and said, let's go get it again. And I was able to shrug it off. That helped me so much in like a wrestling tournament, so to say, like yeah. you lose in the semifinals. Like I, like I lost my senior year in the semifinals of state and I had to go and everybody knows you lose in the semis. You're probably wrestling for fifth or sixth, right? Like you're, you're just, we're on this peak. If I'm in the semifinals, I'm going to the finals of state you lost and you're on an adrenaline dump and you're losing that next match for the most mm. part. But I was able to kind of lock it in and, and focus on the task in front of me because I've trained at that skill so many times with the game of golf growing up and focused on being able to have that goldfish memory and jumping back into being able to perform at a high level without that affecting me. Well, I'm glad that golf did that for you. When I lost in the semis, I just got mad. I went on a fucking tear on the backside. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, I was just mad. So that was the opposite yeah. effect of golf. Um but I think if we can boil it down to three um, aspects of like a, a sport like golf too, let's not get pigeonholed into just golf, but I think MMA athletes need to find some, some type of recreation, right? Because one, we talk about the physical benefits of a rotational sport, right? And rotational power and dynamics, things like disc golf do that for you. things like slow pitch softball, all right. th things Tennis. that are pretty casual, right? Yeah. Uh, the second thing is this mental reset or these skills that we can gain from putting ourselves in a in a different context right frisbee golf is similar to golf um what slow pitch softball is a little bit more open but still pretty slow in its pacing um, and controllable but then i think that third benefit is uh is what we, i want to touch on right now is it allows you to enjoy a piece of your life or take something slow and do it just for the participation and the pleasure of it. Right. Because so many MMA fighters get really pigeonholed and, and I get it. You need to be obsessed to make gains and get to the top level or to be a professional athlete. That should absolutely be part of your journey, but uh, sports or activities that force you to slow down and, and take your time. I think increase your, your ability to, recover, to mentally switch off, to live a, a healthy, more holistic life rather than constantly berate yourself with the next training session, the next training session, the next training session. And because, you know, I don't care what you're doing in an MMA setting, there is, is so rare to get a low intensity MMA practice in, right? Even if you're hitting mitts, right? Hitting mitts, you can say that's your lowest session of the week. That's low. Hitting mitts is still a high impact and dynamic endeavor. Right. It's right? a high CNS load. Exactly. So um, you need something else to kind of balance that out. And a lot of MMA fighters don't turn off, right? They're, they're goers, right? And so 
in a sense, we can replace turning off, quote unquote, with a, an activity that you're still pursuing to get good at. You're still having fun at. Like I know a lot of MMA athletes that turn into either high level or high ambition golfers and like really get after it. So the juxtaposition of that slow and recreational type of pursuit I think helps balance out the MMA athletes life and lets them even train harder when they are in the room. Right. I mean, it, it forces you to be able to kind of turn off. Like Alex is saying, like a lot, even if it's not like, it doesn't have to be, I guess like a sport. So to say like yoga is a really good example. A lot of MMA fighters get into yoga. That Mm -hmm. is just a hobby in and of itself. It's a form of cross training, which at the end of the day, that's all this is. It's, cross-training, doing something else, not for competition, but just for fun and cross-training in different skills that are going to make you better as an MMA fighter. Yeah. Like golf, even if you don't look at it like that, there's all these other activities like fucking doing puzzles. Like it's not going to do much for the physicality of anything, but if we're talking about cross-training in a holistic environment where the mind comes into play as well, you best believe doing something like that is going to increase cognition and be able to problem solve better. Right? Yeah, like Absolutely. That's another thing that I know a lot of fighters like to do. Like they'll just, it, the more stoic fighters I've found are like wrestlers. They love fucking going out and just doing puzzles. I mean, I see a lot I of hate fighters. <laughs> I enjoy puzzles. I think puzzles are fun. Um, but I see a lot of fighters playing chess after sparring. Or I think chess has is, is, is come on as a, a strong um, hobby for a lot of fighters. Um, Dude, there was a but, little bit there. Because when we, me and uh, Angel and Camuela <coughs> all got obsessed with chess when we went over to Dubai. I'm sure you and, watched the Queen's Gambit. Uh, Angel did. I did not watch that. Mm. I heard it was really good, though. It's a decent show. I enjoyed it. But we uh, said we came back, and then there was, for a little bit there, Fight Ready was on a tear of just everybody <laughs> just I'm obsessed with chess. It's not something I can get behind. I'm not, I'm not into the openings and memorizing moves. I'm more of a checkers guy. Yeah, that says a lot <laughs> about you. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> Actually, I had that thought while I was rolling today. Uh, speaking of my hobby type of sport, where you know I'm turned on on the gym all day, yelling and screaming and going and going and going. My turn off sport is jujitsu. <laughs> um, and I was actually thinking today, like when we were talking, we were going over techniques, and some guy, a lot of jujitsu players love to talk technically, like let's talk about this position, let's do it, and like, and then they ask questions, but what if this, what if that, and it was like. And I, I had the realization, like, that's not at all how my brain works. That's not at all. I can't sit there and talk through a position. Right. Like, I need, I need to feel it. theorizing technique. Uh, yeah, that, that's just not for me. Yeah. I need to feel it a bunch. And then when we do live rolls, there are zero thoughts in my head. I, I promise you. That's what helps me really clear my mind. That's where I get into a little bit of like a flow state. And like, and I've realized in jujitsu, I'm just chasing like flowy scrambles. Like sometimes I'll jump on a submission for sure. And that's probably a part of my game I need to get better at, but I'm looking to just scramble and get into some funky positions and fun shit. Um, but that helps me turn off and that kind of juxtaposes my life. Um, <clears throat> what I wanted to capitalize on what you're talking about uh, with like movement dynamics, right? Um, we could talk about golf, but I had recently had an athlete, Julian Marquez, who had trained, he like it was a light switch that flipped he all of a sudden understood rotational mechanics because he <laughs> videotaped himself in slow-mo throwing a frisbee disc golf <laughs> and i like i'm like and he he's sitting there he's like talking my ear off about 
how his hips need to open up as he rotates and he uses the front foot as like a leverage point. And, and I'm like, yeah, man, I've been trying to talk to you on that with a med ball for five weeks, <laughs> but he's like, but he's like, but disc golf flipped the switch and he understood why he was limited in his like T-spine and, and his rotational power capacity. And I was like, man, if that does it for you, I'm here for it. I love it. And I loved hearing that story. And, um, but yeah, and then we, and then he did like, 100% better on the medicine ball throws that we were yeah, going into that it, session. It, it sunk and it was good to go. Yeah. You, ever play, you ever play disc golf? Uh, a couple times. Once or twice, just hanging around. But I think it's kind of fun. Dude, I fucking love disc golf. I got I I, That was something I got obsessed with in Portland. Mm. That was me, It's a Cody very Portland loved. activity. It is. There's disc golf everywhere in Portland. I'm sure you're drinking an IPA on the course too. Uh, PBR. Real fruity. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess PBR makes sense. Yeah. Actually, no. The... Uh, that's why I said it. No, I'm not a PBR guy. We you ever heard of Montucky? Yep, dude, Montuckys are my shit. You'll no, 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 um, no, not a mule, a a beer. Yeah, I understand. I don't yep. know why I said that. <laughs> but Montuckys are my shit. We just carry on a so like our old mini, mini golf days. Carry ons. Carry on frisbee golf. Hell yeah! But yeah, dude, I want to go play frisbee golf now. I want to go golfing, which I'm going on Sunday, so that'll be fun. Where are you playing? No idea. <laughs> Who are you playing my, with? Uh, well, my head wrestling coach that I coach with at the high school. He asked me, he's like, I'm getting itched to play golf. You want to play on Sundays? Absolutely. Tell me when and where. <laughs> so I didn't we'll even know. Out. When did you get clubs out there? Uh, earlier this summer. I forget. I think, or maybe Christmas time when my parents came to visit. They drove them out. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's something I, I, I refuse to get back into golf. Because, like, even though I was on the golf team in high school, I took basically all of college and Cairo school off. So I'm back to basically shooting hundreds again. Dude, I played for the first time in probably three years, like a month ago, maybe. I, I surprised myself. I did pretty good. Yeah. I, I will play surprised. once a year. Every time I go back to Illinois and I'm with, like, Eric and Christian and all those guys, mm-hmm. I'll play golf with them. Are you playing uh, in August here? Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's weddings. They're different things. Yeah. Maybe. Right. There's a little bit of stuff going on. Yeah. But last time I went in, I went out, I think I ended up shooting like 110 or something, something Uh-oh. after. So that yeah, sucked. Yeah, yeah. But the first hole I chipped in out of the sand trap for birdie and I fucking chucked my club in the air. <laughs> and I said, I don't care about the rest of the day. I'm fucking done. It had the opposite <laughs> effect of what you were talking about, screwing up a hole earlier and then yep. locking in. You, all I got magic was, on the first hole. And now I got so shit. happy chipped in out of the <laughs> oh, bunker. I've fuck. only ever done that like four or five times in my life. And I did that fucking chucked in the air. And then the next drive fucking sliced onto the street. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Um, okay. I digress. Rotational mechanics. Awesome. Why don't we talk about the bare bones basics of rotational mechanics? Like, you know, either throwing a punch or throwing a med ball or, or why, that in itself warrants being a movement skill as much as a squat or a deadlift or a press, right? Like, because rotation is part of your primal movement patterns, correct? Yep. Yep. So rotation in and of itself is just a pattern, right? We always yep. think about like, we, we think about exercise for the most part in the form of sagittal plane movements. We think about it like a squat, like a deadlift, like a press, Um, and so often we neglected the rotation aspect, but rotation is a primal movement pattern 
that you can train and happens in day-to-day life, right? We just didn't train it in the gym because it wasn't stressed because most machines, it's really hard to turn into a rotation movement. Yeah, dude. And I would argue that like rotation is the basic, is the fundamental movement pattern of all sport and human movement more than anything sagittal plane. Yeah, 100%. And it's one of those things that rotation in and of itself, like we can digress or dive into it a little bit is I look at rotation through a lens of ipsilateral rotation and contralateral rotation. Those sure. are, those are my thought processes and like a contralateral rotation pattern is going and Basically what that means is ipsilateral, the point of the shoulder and the point of the hip, the ASIS are going to be, or pelvis technically are going to be pivoting in the same direction on the same side, right, yep. on the same side. So the right and right are pivoting around. Think about like, uh, like rolling onto your left, like on your, on your back supine position, you're rolling onto one side or another. That's, that's going to be an ipsilateral pattern. Contralateral patterns are going to be where your apex of the right shoulder is going to move in sync with the apex of your left pelvis, right? So it's going to be almost like, like running would technically be a contralateral stability pattern. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of my argument for even for, um, contra for rotation being a, a a primal the most primal movement pattern is like human beings were designed mostly right. to run right yeah. mostly to run um so contralateral rotation like think how your foot strikes the ground there's a rotational power component to that as it travels up the chain i think uh, again all of your joints and muscles are designed to contract and stabilize rotationally um as well as do the other planes of movement but i think rotation is the foundation of that Well, and what's cool is rotation, since it is a pattern in and of itself, it is a pattern that you can get better at. It's a pattern that we can train. It's a pattern that almost every aspect of what we're talking about with this cross training concept, that's why it makes sense. It's because rotation in and of itself is a primal pattern that we can train, right? So all this cross training that we're doing, like playing slow pitch softball, that is still rotating in the exact same direction, right? Throwing a baseball actually throwing a football has extremely similar mechanics from a stability and rotation standpoint to throwing a cross. Right. Um, so all of these different things, even though they look like they're doing separate stuff are actually playing into the fact of training that rotational capacity, if you will, because that's for the most part, we're, we're getting general stimulus. If we're cross training, we're not getting any specific stimulus for the most part, even though a lot of people are thinking like, Oh, rotation is specific. But if, I don't think that it is. I think rotation is more general because it is a primal pattern. Yeah. Um, but you can make it specific and you can select drills that create specificity, but yeah, in, in a, like the rotational med ball hip toss is general. Right. Exactly. Just like swinging a baseball bat is general. Throwing a football is general for a MMA fighter. Yeah. 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 Swinging absolutely. a, swinging a golf club is general for an MMA fighter. Right. And so we increase the capacity of that because we're just inherently doing it more in our life when we add those type of activities. Um, but then also you think about golf, you think about so much softball, disc golf for a lot of reasons. Um, I forget what the other one was we threw in there. Tennis. They're all power sports, right? They're all strength and power sports. So like when I'm driving out of the tee box, like, yeah, I need to tone it down so I can actually get it on the fairway. But if I had my way, I'm gripping and ripping. I'm letting it go, right? If I'm hitting a, a backhand in tennis or forehand, I'm going to rip that thing through. Um, so a lot of those trying to hit a home run in softball, 
like just straight up rotational power. And if we increase that power, that absolute output of power in, let's say in batting and slow pitch softball, it doesn't matter if we do that in slow pitch softball, if we do that in the weight room, trying to throw a med ball, or if we do that wherever, it's going to have a positive effect on our punches. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's cool is I, I want to get your take. So what do you think, do you think that striking is the most rotational endurance of all of the different sports? So I'm like trying to, I'm trying to think because you're right. Almost everything we do is like tennis, rotational power, golf, mm-hmm. rotational power, pitching, rotational power. Like all of those are rotational power, but there's not a lot of mm-hmm. rotational endurance needed. What's a sport that could get better at that? At tennis, Row, maybe rowing, kayaking, kayaking. But how much rotation is that actually? Oh, well, I guess if well, I guess kayaking rowing, is or rowing paddleboard. Is not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I meant by rowing. Rowing yeah. is a little more sagittal, but um, like kayaking or paddleboarding, um, that's yeah, a little that's more a good, endurance based. That's a good idea. Um, what Because else? that could be a weak area that's not being trained a whole bunch, right? Because sure. like you said, every single piece of cross training that people enjoy doing from what we've said so far is rotational power. Yeah. But if there's an opening to get better, then that's if those are all the most popular things, there's probably in the, like you're neglecting the rotational endurance, which would be like a kayak or a paddle boarding. Throwback here, racquetball. I mean, that's racquetball. A bit, that's a little bit of power, power, but you get a lot more. Uh, it's a higher workload. Um, yeah, but I think those would be good. And and in thinking, I got a question for you now. In thinking training rotational qualities, right? Think about our our rotational. Um, primal movement pattern, training it up and down the force velocity curve. What do you use or what's your go-to in doing that with like maximal strength? How do you strength train a rotational um, movement pattern? I like landmines. Okay. Yeah. Um, Landmines are really good for that because you can load them up pretty heavy and we can train that rotation. Um, I mean, med balls, but it's, it's hard to get the specific side. Exactly. It's hard to get the specific side um, at like a 40 pound med ball. You can, it's not like you're able to throw that very far. It's not effective. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, that a lot. Um, one thing I've, I've started isolating is with like, with like my pushes and pulls, I do it all at a cable machine. I think cable machines are great. Yeah. Uh, tool for I guess this. I use, they were doing, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I guess I do use that. Um, something that I'm thinking though is like a sled. It's what I do do a lot is a sled with a rope attached. Yeah. And doing that like rotational. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and that's where and I was you can going. Load even, that, you can load that real heavy. Yeah. Even going with like a, a, let's say like a cable single arm row. So the cable's about hip height. You're either in a squat stance or half kneeling or whatever. And you're just rowing it with your shoulder. Right. Like I feel like a rotation in a row has been deemed like um, poor form. Right. And has been deemed as a bad thing to do. That's and the only yeah. way I teach people to row anymore. I don't right. teach them to do is like a stable row. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're moving your shoulder in synchronized with your trunk. And like, as long as we're not getting any lumbar extension um, or purely getting the rotation from our hips, we're good, you know? And so I think that's, that's a really cool way. And like, I know you do a lot of push pulls with the cable machine and, and stuff like that. I think um, that can get your thoracic uh, spine rotating in more of a, a strength environment rather than a power or a capacity environment. Yeah, I guess that is something. I, so what I, what I do use probably the most is, have you seen those like 3d straps? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is a 3d strap 
attached to our Kaiser or attached to our cable stack. Mm-hmm. I use that a lot for rotational strength because you can, then you can just train that transverse plane and yeah. you can, as long as you can add more weights, I mean, fuck, I'm not having people do 200 pound rotations. Dude, you <laughs> so, know what I want to try now? And you brought up the sled and I don't know why my mind went here, but if you attach like a, let's say like a TRX to the sled, you take a lateral stance to it and then you kind of rip it across your body and see how I do. How you can move. I, I literally just did that today. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've never tried it. I'm, I'm curious now. Come I call on. them sled windshields or sorry, right. sled windshield wipers. Okay. Right. Um, I can so one of uh, Haley, Alatang Haley, I just, that's in his block this month where you load it up, dude, you can do it with no weight and that just shreds the fuck out of you. But I'm here for it. Yeah. But I threw on there cause he got a little cocky. He started talking, hmm. started talking. I taught him some like English phrases and he started talking yeah. a little shit. So yeah. I'm like, all right, let's throw 25 pounds on there. Let's see how this goes. He fucking hated me. Those things were so hard. <laughs> I wonder, uh, uh I wonder if running does anything for a rotational capacity. I think it's so minimal in a well, running so, sense. Yeah. So I, again, I, I think of rotation and, and stability patterns in the same kind of lens in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I, it's just the <laughs> DNS in me. Um, but like running is something I do to offload all the ipsilateral patterning that the athletes do. Right. Yeah. Because everything in MMA for the most part is an ipsilateral stability pattern. Sometimes you need to offload that to, to not put more miles on the system, so to say. Yeah. We want we want to actually like dewind them if we're thinking about doing the same pattern over and over and over again. It's just winding up something. Um, we throw in like a running, so to say, not super far, not super long, but just running as like a regular like active recovery stimulus. And that actually makes them feel so much better because they're getting that contralateral pattern that their body craves but doesn't always get due to the demands of their sport or due to the demands of what they do every day. Oh yeah. Like that's that's why, why I think personally, like people coming off the couch or people that work at a desk all day, they feel so much better when they get into like a functional patterns, like gym or something like that right away. That makes their body feel so good for a little bit. And then it goes back to normal once they adapt to the stimulus again. But it's because their body craves. If you're sitting at a desk all day, that's just a straight up and down. That's a homolog pattern. You're not really doing any rotation or any sort of like uh, stability, increased stability demands. But your body craves those in order for it to function well. For a proper nervous system to fire, to be able to synchronize muscles well, you need to train that pattern. So instead of just sticking with just fucking squat, bench, dead, all of that, adding in some rotational movements at the beginning to just kind of grease those wheels or grease those patterns makes your body feel almost athletic. Like you're an athlete again, nice. because it's starting to get that stimulus that it's looking and craving. Nice. I just keep imagining like the, the eighties aerobics power walkers. They got the wrist sweat, <laughs> the sweat <laughs> wrists and they're like adding oh, rotation yeah. to their walk. Yeah. Sort of those are also the dog. ones that yeah those are also the ones though that just kept shearing their low backs and just everybody had a disc issue we're not worried about that yeah, fuck them fuck them those right uh so why why would that affect your back there austin uh what, what what's the problem between rotation and lumbar extension um well it's it's a few things so yeah. those, those types of videos the main reason is because that they're doing this flexion extension moment over and over and over again if you watch them as they're going so yeah basically the low back fucking hates flexion and rotation at the same time especially when it's really loaded 
it does not like that. Uh, it puts pressure on the disc. It causes a shear force to actually go through there at an extremely high rate. And typically that's if there's going to be a, like a, a catastrophic reason for a disc herniation or protrusion, whatever it may be. Uh, it's going to be a flexion rotation moment. Yeah. Well, but okay. well, and with that, so those cross, that's just one thing, but then again, so those for the flexion extension, like you're talking about, that puts a lot of pressure on the facet joints. So as we rotate, the lumbar spine actually only has about five degrees of rotation each way because of the way that the facet joints or the joints that put the vertebra together, they're kind of like puzzle pieces. Um, The way they're oriented is it's like a straight up and down. Like if I'm doing a neutral grip on a bench press, that's how they're oriented. So if you think about that, the way they are, the anatomy doesn't let the low back rotate a whole lot. It's supposed to be stable through rotation. But if we're extending back, that cuts down on surface area and makes part of that facet joint closer to the other one. And then we rotate. That's going to literally just smash those facet joints into each other over and over and over and over and over again. And those are the types of people that really respond well to like a, like actually like a chiropractor, like adjustments, because what adjustments is going to do is it's going to do the opposite. It's going to be a quick relax or stretch effect. And it's going to put them into a quick flexion rotation, not enough to really cause any sort of like disc bulge or air issues like that, because it's only one stimuli, not a bunch over and over and over again, but it's enough to break that cycle of the facet joints touching each other and causing irritation or inflammation. And then it's going to cause a relaxation effect because it gets rid of that static posture or that pressure on the facets. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So get a, get adjusted y'all. Um, yeah, especially for like fighters, like low fighters, low backs because of grappling and, <laughs> and extent, extension, <laughs> rotation, rotation, flexion, rotation. Yeah. Like it, not everybody needs to be adjusted. I don't believe that, but grapplers, it, it does a great deal to help them as long as there's not like active disc herniations in the area. Yeah. And I think too, it's a common, um, like misnomer or in, mistake to think that like oh they're a grappler they're super flexible they they can rotate and bend their body contort themselves so different ways but like the fact of the matter is there's so much chronic tension and isometric uh, stress that they're holding positions that they lose a lot of that range of motion in a relaxed state well so and and on top of that so i was actually just having this conversation with one of our building a fighter athletes just shooting the shit um with her was Grappling in and of itself is such a high neural stress sport and such a yeah. high neural in like neurally, like the nervous system, the pressure that it takes, the tension it is. Well, that, but just on stretching the spinal cord, like you're in loaded flexion of both the cervical and lumbar spine at basically all points in time in that sport. Yeah. Whether it's jujitsu or wrestling, somebody sprawls on top of you, your head's down. So that's just stretching the spinal cord from the top. You're grabbing a leg. You're hanging on a single leg with their hips on top. So your low back is rounded. You're trying to pull yourself to that shot and you have another body weight on top of you, which is low back flexion. And it's just going to put all of that pressure on both of those areas, which is going to cause the spinal cord to then get stretched and tensioned further and could cause some sort of irritation along the lines of like a neurodynamic irritation. Yeah. So my, uh, my back and neck, hurt just hearing you say those. Yeah. But do you, do you think about how often we got into those positions in the practice room? 
yeah, like over do. and over and over again. But that's that is why disc herniations are so prevalent with people that get into jujitsu on the recreational side. Yeah. Because like the reason we could do that over and over again is because our tissues adapted to those demands of wrestling since we were children. Yeah. A 40 year old coming from fucking Hertz rent a car coming in and doing jujitsu. That's not, they're not adapted to that tissue. Demand. They're not ready their body. Their discs aren't ready. Their spines aren't ready. Their bodies aren't ready. And guess what? Boom. Disc herniation. Yeah. They're not ready for the intensity or the capacity, right? Like, cause Live rolls are intense, period, and then you're gonna do four or five of them, and oh, you're done. And and Alex, so how do people get their tissue ready for the demand <laughs> if they want to pick up a hobby like jujitsu? They train with a strength and conditioning coach, or pick up some sort of exercise routine at buildingafighter.com. <laughs> Correct answer. Bang bang. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, like I mean, jujitsu in itself, and I think this is a is a fun little topic. Like we talk a lot about cross training and other sports preparing you, and we're talking about rotational sports currently. Um, but jujitsu is a great way to get in shape, right? We can you can't deny some of the physical benefits of that, but it's not biomechanically measured, right? And few sports, if any, are right, and so if you get into working out or get with a strength coach or get with a personal trainer somebody that, that knows how to organize a decent program in front of you, it's going to be balanced with your, your, your seven primal movement patterns. It's going to be a little bit more balanced for the intensity and capacity that you're ready for the intensity and volume that you're going to meet a person where they're at essentially. Um, and it's all relatively controlled movements, right? And so, that's the biggest mistake I see when people is like, I want to get really good shape. I'm going to start doing jujitsu or I want to get in really good shape. I'm going to join a CrossFit gym, right? It's like, well, the thing is so, so many people think that like, get, you have to always do high intensity shit when you get into the weight room, right? Right. When jujitsu people think weightlifting, they either think bodybuilding or CrossFit. They yeah. don't think that it can be a really good mix in between both those things functional with training, yeah. different functional training involved as well. Um, and that's what really the difference is, is because we talked about, we started the entire podcast. You can train rotation. It yeah. is something that can be trained in the gym and prepare you and prepare those tissues for the demands of jujitsu. And you get no problem with everything with moderation, right? Like if you're an MMA fighter and all of a sudden you're golfing six days a week, yeah, there's a problem of magnitude of problems going on for your wallet. That and your body. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, jujitsu or CrossFit and like that, the endorphin rush of that high intensity bullshit is real, right? I enjoy that, you know, that rush or that thing. So I'm going to keep going back to it, keep going back to it and, and my body be damned. So. Yep. I like it. There we are. So you should play golf. You should do rotational sports. So pitch softball is really fun. Cool shit. Don't, don't just, just be don't one just dimensional. Sit on the couch. Yeah. yeah. Don't just sit on the couch and play Rocket League, Austin. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. So if you got to get in touch with us, all of our information is in the show notes. It's going to be Instagrams and emails. After that, we're also going to have our Building a Fighter programs available at buildingafighter.com, which Alex so eloquently plugged earlier. So that's going to be pre made programs. It's going to be membership options. It's also going to be custom programs as well. And then finally, as always, it's Dr. Austin Shane. Alex Friedman. And we are out.